And we're here on this week's edition of the Canyon Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio, Michael O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Hello, Ken Brown. You know what? What episode is this? Do you know? Uh, this has got to be since they're oh and what are they oh six now oh and five. Well, I, I mean, but we've been doing it for a few years though. Oh, you mean year wise? I don't. Yeah, know. I don't know. Oh, this yeah. got to be our fourth year doing it. Too many okay. years without victories. I, I only counted by <laughs> victories, not by years. Okay. This is episode one. Episode one. <laughs> okay, Mike. The Lions fell to zero and five. Is it zero and five or six? I'm I, I, oh you know, once six. you get oh, I just can't remember. So they always oh and six. Yep. And uh, why am I stuck on 0-5 for some reason? I guess I can't get – I just can't register an 0-6. Anyway, 0-6 with a a lackluster, let's just say, lackluster performance this week. And, and, you know, before we even get to that, I'm telling you right now, the history of Ford Field, there has been no home field advantage since they moved out of the Silverdome. I'm None just going whatsoever. back 20 years. I'm going back to That's, the first, you know, game with Joey Harrington back when I remember – that first four field game they were playing the Packers, that first year they moved down there. Since that time to now, they've had a couple of good seasons at home-wise, but nothing. I mean, no, there's no no home field advantage at all. Well, Joey wasn't there, I think, until 2002 or three, whatever it was. 2002, made his first start, had four interceptions, but almost hit the game-winning touchdown late in the game to one of the tight ends. I forget who it was right now, but... That's a long time ago, and some good stuff has happened. Some bad stuff has happened. Too much bad. I do think that Jim Caldwell, by the way, did make it a home field advantage uh, to some degree. They had that one year when they were seven and one at home and went uh, eleven and five overall. Right. If you're going for twenty years of a, of a field that you played on, and the the uh, one highlight is the one year you were seven and one. I mean. With the fan base they have, I just don't get like the Silverdome. You got that electricity. There's been a few times I've seen that at Four Field, and it gets loud. Don't get me wrong, but it's just that the the team, this teams that for some reason don't respond like they did at the Silverdome. Maybe it's just they're not as good as the teams that. Well, the, 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 the teams at, at the Silverdome there at the end they had good ball club. That's what I'm saying. Really Maybe good. it's just the team itself, right? Well, of course it is. Yeah. What else would it be? But uh, I'll tell you one thing that. Uh, I think they lost ten. They've got the record now for losses in a row since Jacksonville won, and I don't think they. The last game they won at, at Ford Field was that Washington game on that last second field goal. That's almost a year, Mike. I don't. What do you mean? What are you talking about? When they won a game at, at Ford Field, that Washington game. You mean last year? Yeah, when that won at the field goal well, which, what, at the end. Which record are you talking about with Jacksonville? No, I said that Jacksonville won. They had lost 20 in a row, so the Lions now have the, the longest losing streak, 10 games in a row. Okay, the longest active or Active, active. active. The longest active losing streak, right. You got that, right? You understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad we finally cleared that up, and this is a very important <laughs> they, point. Well, it is Let's important because on. you don't want to be the Let's longest loser to anything. They've lost 10 games in a row. All right? Well, I don't think they're going to break the record of 26 straight by the Tampa Bay Bucks of 1976 and 77. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, who was the number two of the, to the Bucks? Who almost beat the Bucks? What was the team that almost won that got that record? I, I think I it was no the Lions. It was the Lions. <laughs> the Lions. No, it wasn't. It was the Lions. Go check it out. It was the Lions. Now, look, I'm I'm not here to bury him. I, I mean, I, we can do five hours on burying this team, and I just want to get down to some business first. Let's get down to business first. 
are you disappointed by the performance they put out there? I'm not. Even, I'm, I don't even want to cover the game because the, the game was a garbage game. But were you disappointed by the performance they put out? No, well, absolutely. Because I thought, and you know, look, there is no guarantee for performance. That's one of the things I wrote in my Tuesday column for DetroitLions.com. What we learned: there is no guarantee for performance coming off a win, tie, upset. Either way, there's no guarantee. One game does not necessarily lead to the other. Now, did I think that they were – look, it's odd to think that your team is getting energized by losses, but when the way they lost to the Ravens and then two weeks later, the way they lost to the Vikings, they were playing good, competitive, hard football. They really were. They were competing hard. And I thought with, with uh, the Bengals coming to town, you know, the first home game in three weeks – I thought that they would play hard, and I thought they—I thought they would win. wasn't even close. wasn't close to playing hard, except for the first half by the defense, and it wasn't close in the score, the final score. It's just they were not in it. They were never in it. Well, see, this is—I'm going to surprise me. Yeah, but see, I'm going to say this, and this may surprise you. I think they were in it until they found, saw that the offense just wasn't going to help them, and then the defense got gas. It was seven nothing with like thirty seconds to go in the first half. That's—they're in the game. You can say what yeah. you want about it. They're in the game. The game is there. They're one half away from uh, – and, and really, it should have been 7-7, that, that interception or takeaway, whatever you want to call it. It could have been a 7-7 game. But it ended what up 10-0 at the what, half. What, but they okay, were in the game. You, from what you watch, what makes you think they would have moved the ball? Well, they were they at like four the, for, Okay, listen. They had four first downs in the first 47 and a half minutes of the game. I understand. Four. I understand. But you're at the 20 at that point, and I just feel that they were starting to look like they were going to get into the game. But after that, it seemed like everything went downhill after that play. You just well, got a turnover. You have a nice pass play going down there. You're getting in scoring position in the in the red zone, and garbage happens. And after that, it's like the air just came out the balloon. Yeah, St. Brown had a nice – it would have been a 25-yard catch, and the guy ripped it out of his hands right. on the way down for an interception. Right, that's what I'm saying. He didn't even hang on to it long enough and hard enough to make it a fumble. That's what it I'm saying. interception. But that was, okay. that was the downfall. And after that, I just think that the, the defense but they got gas. Well, they, but they weren't playing well offensively at all. The no. offense was never in the game. And I think, I think the defense said after they started getting gassed and the offense is not going to score, and once they got to 17 nothing. They just said it's over. You know, let's 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 find a nice little resting spot. Get this thing over with. I, I just thought that they didn't play well. They didn't as a team. The offense didn't play well at all. But as a team, I just thought the first half the defense played well. Played well the first half, but that's look. So if you, if you count the two units, that's 120 minutes of football. 60 minutes for offense, 60 minutes for defense. And they got thirty out of the hundred, right? Uh, exactly. Whatever it is, hundred and twenty. Exactly. So no, they, they didn't play well. They were never in the game, yeah. never. Well, and um, after the game, um, Coach Campbell was kind of ab- abrasive toward golf. Um, guys like Chris Carter, who only saw the snippet of the one snippet, not the whole cut, right. kind of lambasted Campbell for, you know, singling golf out. I thought he may have single. He didn't single golf out. He included golf in his uh, in his tirade about the team and the way they play because he did say, "Look, he needs help. Everybody else has got a ball. We're not doing anything, but golf has to make some play." I, I I didn't find anything wrong with that. No, I didn't either. It's it's, but he has he has singled out the offense for like three or four of the last four or five weeks that 
he always kind of says something. Look, we've got to tell it like it is. We've got to we got to tell it what it is. And he's talking about the offense, and he's been he's expressed his unhappiness directly over the offense repeatedly in the last you know maybe since week two, and so there's no doubt that he thinks there's something wrong with the offense. Now he's now he's talked about individual uh, performances, not by name, but just individually about you know things that are like you know, MAs, missed assignments, ME mental errors. Things like that, for example, false start on fourth and one. Are you kidding me? How can you have that? You can't. That's ridiculous. You don't. Don't get me going. On yeah, it, okay? well, well, look, there was a lot of things. You come out. The first play of the game is a penalty. So you know, I'm like, I can go for. We can go from there. The first, the first series was a disaster. Just the whole thing. But he's right about the offense. And 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 I, I'm sorry. I expect more out of golf than what we're getting. I mean, look, he's not a a, a rookie. He's been in the league. He's been to Super Bowl. He's played year. the playoffs. He's uh, one of the higher-paid quarterbacks in the league. There's a reason why they gave you the money. They didn't give you the money so you can go somewhere else and be mediocre. And it's time to step up. And some of that, those throws, that fourth-down throw, you're, you're throwing out. I mean, just disaster stuff going on. You got to step up, man. This is, you know, look, these, this is not L.A. where, you know, everybody will move on to something else if it doesn't go right. These people – are going to be concerned with this team. The fans are concerned. They're not going to move on. So you either got to step up or step off. Well, I think that's well put. And I think he, he does have to play better. The only issue you have is, or the Lions have with him is right now, is there enough on that roster to, 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 to step up with? I mean, who is, your, who is your go-to wide receiver? I don't see one. Uh, I don't think T.J. TJ Hawkinson, although you know, he, had, he put some stats together, finally – I don't think he played well at all on on Sunday. I thought he was okay. He kind of looked at maybe he's, you know, I think he had, what was it, a knee injury or something like that, and he's kept playing, but he kind of looked to me like he was lumbering at times. He didn't have that explosion that that he's had in the past. I don't think he he played particularly well. The running game with DeAndre Swift averaged 1.8 yards per carry on, was it, 13 or 14 carries? There's nothing there. Now, look, he's, he's still been effective as a receiver out of the backfield, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's been anything special as a running back, and that surprises me because I, I really like DeAndre Swift as a player. But it hasn't been there yeah. as a runner. It just hasn't been there. Well, th- then again, they don't feed him enough to me. This is me talking. I, I think you got to lather your backs up. you got to get him in a rhythm to go, man. I mean, if Barry Sanders, you took him after the first time he lost four or the second time he lost four and didn't feed him again for a quarter, and you would never get anything out of these guys. I don't think they feed him enough as a runner. I just think that Williams comes in to run, Swift comes in for the passing plays, and maybe an occasional run. You can't work. No, up that's a, not true. I swear, no, that, I'm that's telling that's you what accurate. I see. I'm telling you what I see. I'm that's telling you what I see. He's, he's getting he's getting more than two thirds of the snaps every week. But he's not, not getting not the right. runs, Mike, and the runs he gets well, are get not Kenny, the ones get that the, Williams gets. Williams gets those middle get, runs. You know, when the end of round comes and the guy goes, he does the middle. He does the hard runs. Swift doesn't get those. Swift gets pitches and he gets a few. I just think as a running back, I, I like to I understand about the running back by committee, but you got to lather these backs up, man. Look, you know, like Derrick Henry, I'm not com- comparing them, but you just keep giving it and giving it to them, man, and they'll break one and then they'll make them, then they get ready to go. I just don't think either back gets in any type of rhythm. 
so far now you compare these two guys to Barry Sanders. And, I'm and just Derek. giving you examples of running backs. I'm just saying I, that's what I don't. Well, like. examples are two of the best. They're not in that category. Well, just back and here's another, here's, hold on a second. And here's another thing too. Okay, and I don't want to turn this into another one of our weekly arguments. But I feel as though my voice must be heard on this <laughs> critical issue. Well, please speak on <laughs> if, it. If speak on it. One, Kenny, if he's averaging 1.8 yards per attempt, you think he's going to get a first down on his sixth carry? It doesn't work that way. you got to get some yards. But the other part of it is, no matter who you have at running back, when it's 27 to 7, when it's when it's 30 to 7, when it's 34 to whatever it was, 34 to, to, to 7, or 34 to 8, something like that, you can't keep running a box. You're going to go nowhere. You can't keep running. So they've also been a victim, everybody, of the circumstances. That is, they get behind, they get way behind, and they, why would you run the ball? What you want is either completions or incompletions to stop the clock, to run as many plays as you can to possibly get back in the game. Well, I just want to know this, and I'm gonna get the, I got the stats here. Look at the running back average per carry before the first – that fumble in Minnesota and afterward. I just think that you're playing now with a center that was probably a street-free agent and the middle of your line is not the same. And, and I don't of think – Well, there's a – you put them in there. I'm going to tell you what they what the, I think they should do. Maybe these times move Jonah Jackson over to center for the rest of the year. And who's going to play guard? Then you bring Steinberg in and move Big V over or do it like that or put Nelson in and move – um, Sewell to guard. I mean, there are many things you can do, but putting a, a street-free agent as your center, and I, 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 it was noticeable to me Sunday, the difference. And I just don't think you're ever going to get that stability on offense, especially when golf is such a guy that any pressure up the middle with him, he's, he's, he's useless. He's helpless as a baby. Anything coming straight up the middle. He's not like Stafford who will stand in there and make the throw. He bails first, first sign. He bails first sign of anything coming straight up the middle. But your, your, your point about changing the center, and maybe you should change the center, but then you start moving the other three guys, all of a sudden you have three players in new positions. Then you're, weak, then you're weakening three positions, not one. Yeah, but if, the, if that one position is so weak, Mike, that it's taking the whole line down, you got to do it. Well, I don't think it is taking the whole line down, though. No. I really don't. Well, just keep looking because I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to find out. You're going to find out from this point if that center – position is the link, the weak link. You're going to find out. Well, it's one of the weaker links because they don't have, obviously, because they don't have Ragdow. Right, but I'm just but I saying. Don't think it's, I don't think it's the only weak link. He's, to me, that's the know, linchpin look, position after left tackle to me. Look, like, that's what now? The linchpin position. After you left tackle, your center course, to me is most important. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Well, why are you putting a street free agent out there when you got other options? Well, then you're going to put a street free agent at left guard or something like that? Well, no, you're putting a fourth or fifth round, whatever Steinberg pick was at, at one guard. Steinberg. You put Big V at the other guard. And then you got but, Sewell and you got Decker when he comes back. Then you got a decent line. Do yourself a favor. Don't replay this and listen to it. You'll be ashamed of yourself. Okay. Well, like I said, time is going to tell you on this one because <laughs> I, it's noticeable. <laughs> it's noticeable to me from the, first, from the Minnesota game to this game, once Ragnar went out, just look at the just look at the way the line plays. Look at the way golf has played since Ragnar went out. So well, I feel he made. Well, he went out in the Chicago game, by the way, not Minnesota. But I thought they played well against Minnesota. I thought they played well at times against Minnesota. And actually, they drove they had two good drives there at the end to uh, to, to score a touchdown, a field goal, and mm-hmm. a two point conversion. So I mm-hmm. think you know they haven't I scored the that, first half in the first four games, right? In four games now, right? Mm-hmm. 
Is there anything more obvious you'd like to read? I'm to just me? letting you know. I'm you you're talking about the, you looking at the glowing. Started, I'm looking at the I, real. I'm, I'm talking about at the end of the game. Okay, well, game you mean after the, the fumble they, they scored? After the fumble where the defense gave him the ball practically in the damn end zone. Okay, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, okay. I'm talking okay. about that. Okay, yeah, they oh, they really moved that ball. All right. Um, defensively, I think the younger players are starting to get better. I'm not saying they're ever going to be a great defense this year, but you're seeing signs of competence by these younger players now, especially the cornerback Jacobs and um, Derek Barnes. I thought Derek Barnes had a fine game this last week. Well, I think, you know, I think the move of, the, of putting the two linebackers out there, uh, Lee, uh, uh, Maben and uh, – and Barnes, I think Jalen Reeves, maybe, and, and and Derek Barnes, I think they've gotten some results from that. I don't think they're all that, but I think that, I think they've helped out. They certainly are active and they're in on a lot of plays now. They're also in on some misplays too, but that's part of you know you're talking about two guys who came into the league as fourth round draft picks. They're not you know you know we're not Micah Parsons that we're throwing out there as a rookie or anything like that. But yeah, I, I would agree that they've they've added something. Those two players, they really have. Um, still not impressed with Will Harris. It's been the fourth, uh, six week in a row. That I'm still not impressed with him. I'm too much going on with him. Um, but you have nobody else, so you get, that's what you're doing. I don't with. think there's, I don't think there's enough going on. <laughs> you know, the other way around. Awarie got an, another interception. That's three. I, I don't think he's the greatest cover guy. I think he's a very competent number two corner. He can be that. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I do, I do think he competes. I'll give him that. So, there's something yeah, a, a good, a good, solid football player. He'll be around a long time. Is he ever going to be a star? I mean, probably not. You never know. But a good, good, solid, tough, tough, competitive player. Right. Um, well, this week is a week that we're going to be talking about, I'm sure, starting tomorrow or this afternoon for the rest of the week. For two storylines, golf's return to L.A., which to me is the bigger storyline than Stafford playing Detroit, which – is a smaller storyline because that was inevitable. If Stafford was coming back to four field, it might be bigger. But to me, the golf storyline is the biggest one. You got a coach that had disdain for you, outwardly said it, got rid of you, and now he admits it. I heard an interview with him this morning that he admitted maybe he didn't go about it the right way, but it happened. So if golf has anything in him, he would want to play one of his better games this week. I don't think I don't listen. I don't question his desire to be good. I mean, he he doesn't. He's not a fiery guy by any by any means. And of course, we haven't had a long time to look at him, and all of it's been bad. Everything around him has been bad. So it's hard for it's it's to me in a positive way. It's hard for anybody to stand out positively with the results they've gotten in the first six games. Now, I bet you they probably had a different view of him in his third year in the in the league and second as a starter when they were 13-3 and three and headed for the Super Bowl. I think they've had a completely different opinion of him. They must have because they extended his contract. Yeah. But you know Mike Hyde is around here in Detroit. You could be l- l- less talented than he is and be successful or be loved by fans. Eric Kramer didn't have the talent golf has, but he was beloved, and they would call him brass and they, this and that. You, It's a, it's an attitude you got to have to be a quarterback in this town for – Fan wise, and I just don't see it yet from him. Maybe he'll get well, it. The one thing, well, Maybe yeah, he well, does. One thing, you, you, one thing you're, you might be forgetting here with with 
Kramer is he took over when the team was six and two. They lost two straight and then won six straight to win the division in 1991. And really, he was back on the bench in 92 and was brought back out as a starter with four games left to go in, in 1993. They won three games and they won the division. You know, they won the division and, and beat, beat Green Bay at the Silverdome in the last game of the season to win the division. And they had a home field game in the playoffs the next week and didn't win it. And that was the end of that was the end of uh, Kramer in Detroit. Yeah, I'm not talking about the performance. I'm just talking about the fans yeah, loving I him. Yeah, and he yeah. was he was that guy. Scott Mitchell never had it, and Scott Mitchell was more talented, but he just never more had more talent. Had better results. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he just good. never he just never fit in as that guy they liked. And yeah. and to me, golf's either got to get it or he's never. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And and this is one game where he can go toward getting that. I want to say swag, but it's it's more than swag to me. It's a, it's just an attitude that you got to have to be the Detroit quarterback. I'm sorry, and that's just the the way the fans are going to accept you or not. Now you can lose and have that swag, and they'll 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 be okay with that as long as they see what they want to see out of you. And this ain't L.A. I know he's a California kid, and L.A. this and L.A. But yeah, you got to bring it a little bit here, man. That's just the way it is. Well, I think no matter what you what your personality is, if you win, they'll like you. If, if now they may not love you, but they'll like you if you win, and that's it. Starts with that. Let's get the winning first, and then all that other stuff. Let, let that let well, that follow. I think up. that goes in with it. I, I think the team would like to see a little more out of him too. I just don't. I, I watched him a lot, you know, as his demeanor during the games or whatever, and. He's new here, so I'm gonna give him a chance to move with that. But I, I, I want to see more out of that man. I want to see him with, you know, the guys. I want to see him like like Stafford would. You know, they 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 love playing for Stafford. Well, the guys they have now, Kenny. In all honesty, these are not these are not front line wide receivers. They really aren't. Not in any way, shape, or form. Now they're guys who might make a career eventually. You know, Amon Ra, St. Brown might. You know, make a career out of it eventually. You know, he was a fourth-round draft pick, and he's done some okay things. You know, pretty good possession receiver. But I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody out of this group right now that's on the active roster at wide receiver that, that the Detroit Lions are just dying to keep. I mean, in other words, I don't think any of these guys right now, outside of St. Brown, are going to be be playing on a second contract here in Detroit. I don't see that. Do you attempt to add something this year, or do you just go with what you got? I know there's some. Um website stuff out yesterday um some national guys talking about the lions were interested in adding a receiver right and i'm just wondering do you even attempt to give up capital for next year or the year after to get a receiver or do you just go with what you got for the rest of the year well i think this i think you put some limits on what you go after now i would i would i sign uh a 31 year old wide receiver for two years for 20 mil no, i wouldn't do that no i wouldn't or 32 years old, but if I had a, let's say, like a 2021 third-round draft pick who somehow fell out of out of, out of favor, and you could get him on his rookie contract and develop him, yeah, I'd do that. And I don't have any particular name and, and you know, in, in, at the, on my fingertips here, but something like that, yeah, somebody who's going to fit in, and then you're going to be able to have him for his second contract and, and keep him. Like, suppose McLaurin, for example, 
of Washington. He's not going to be available because he's way too good. But there was a guy who was a third-round draft pick, and, man, he stood out from the day he got to rookie camp. If you could spot somebody like that, uh, that a team is looking to dump for whatever reason, you know, not a problem child or anything like that, but just a guy who, does, for whatever reason, doesn't fit in, I would do it. But, no, I would not go for a, I would not go for a veteran uh, with a big contract. I really mm-hmm. wouldn't because you're not going to get anything out of it in the long term. I hear you. Well, like I said, if somebody's dumping a receiver in the 28 to 26, 28 age range, somewhere in there, I would think about it if they're on the contract. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I sure. would think about it. But, you know, you don't want to – I don't know. I just think that getting that first victory is going to be tough. You know, it's going to be very tough. Yeah, well, there's looked twice in three weeks they had it uh, right at their fingertips or somebody's toe tips, let's put it that way. And and, and those are yeah, those are tough losses. And that I could see how that could take a lot out of any team, especially a young team, you know, really a young team. I think that could take a lot out of them. So maybe maybe that was part of the reason for what happened on Sunday. And maybe it's just that every team has a stinker in it somewhere in the season. Maybe that's part of it. But whatever it was, it didn't look good, and it's going to be remembered for a while. All right, Mike, let's move on to this game. Let's talk about what's over there, 0-6. Let's talk about game number seven, the game everybody has penciled in from the <laughs> excuse me, time the schedule came out. Matthew Stafford and the Lions. Um, do you think Stafford now is looked at more favorably by Lions fans than he was? Because I swear he used to get the blame for everything that went wrong. And if I, all the talk shows people calling, which is not everybody, but it was always get rid of Stafford, get rid of Stafford. Now that he's gone, you think not everybody realized, well, okay, evidently it wasn't all him and he can go to a team and actually they can win with him? Well, it depends on who you're talking about as the fans. If you're talking about the people at Ford Field who go to the games and, and the fan, and, and, and you know, not everybody can afford to go to games, those people were, were Stafford fans. You didn't hear, like, prolonged booing of Matthew Stafford at Ford Field the way you did for some other quarterbacks like Juliet, like you know, like Joey and some other ones. No, I, I, I thought he was, I, I thought he was really liked and admired by the by the fans. Now, by the game was, going fans, which is yeah, sixty thousand, yeah. but we're talking in a realm of three or four million people. That's a sixty. That's a small, minute number. But overall, outwardly, at least by. Like I said, but the reaction outside, you know, and callers and, and talk radio is not a true indication, but it is an indication of something. And it, it was he was he was always blamed for stuff. And it got to the point with about his six or seven year where he can't win a playoff game and it's time for him to go. Well, now I, mean, that I, he's think gone. Time, I think it was time for him to go. But I think people realize what they had, what they had here. Was he a top five quarterback? Probably not, but he was a top, you know, in the next, you know, next group of five. He was in there for sure, and on, on and on certain games, probably more than more than we all realize. Even myself, he was a top five quarterback. I mean, look what he's doing in, in L.A. right now. He's got sixteen touchdown passes, four interceptions, and and they're five and one. They weren't five and one last year. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even care about the record. They were the Rams are going there. They have turned themselves into a winning organization. They're going to win. As you can see, they won with golf, so they're going to win. But I look at, when I look at him playing with the Rams, is I see a professional quarterback. And I saw that here. And now you got Absolutely. a guy who went to the Super Bowl, but you put him in, the, in that uniform, even though he doesn't have the talent that Stafford had on his teams. It's just a difference, man. And I just think that 
it was so much to worry about what Stafford wasn't doing instead of what the rest of the team wasn't doing that they never built the team around him to where you could win. The one year they did, that was the Dallas year. And I thought that team was the one team that could have broke this whole – if they win that Dallas game, everything is different from that point on. Well, it's a long time ago, too, though. That that really is when you think about it. That was that was seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't have lasted forever. You would have had to keep on – you know, keep winning because once you do that, you set a standard. Yeah, but that's also and, a, catal- a catalyst. You know, one victory like that, the the last game against Green Bay where they could have had the home game the next week and then that game there, those were catalyst games to me. Those were franchise-changing games, and they lost both of them. They lost both of them. Yeah, he had three touchdown passes against the Packers with no interceptions in that game too, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to tell you another game in his career that I thought was a game-changing game. It was the last game of the first year they went to the playoffs where they could have won, I think, the one division in Green Bay. They went to Green Bay. He threw for 500-some yards, and they lost. 500 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. and they lost. That was another. What was his name? Flynn. The Flynn got through six touchdown passes against the Lions. Right, and a big contract. Packers never punted. And a big contract. He got six six touchdowns and a big contract for Seattle for that. But my point being, though, those are games, those are like franchise-changing games, and Right. He just never had the – I'm going to say luck because, to me, some of that was luck. And some of it was just bad play or whatever. But I understand him having to go, and I understand, you know, it was time. I, I thought he should. they should have did it two years ago because when you get that third pick, I think that's when you bring a new quarterback in and get what you can for Matt and let him go be whatever. But I understand people want him to stay. But now that it happened – you always gonna look back now on you know that next quarterback and it's looking like golf is not the one. So now you're looking at where am I getting my next one from? No, I would agree with that. And then it's from what you hear. And I'm not gonna start drafting people in the middle of October, but it's you know, seven months away. But the word is that there's no really hot shot quarterback coming out this year. No, but I it's bet by think. draft time there will be. It it happens every year. Well, somebody will get drafted. Doesn't mean he's going to be good. Or no, but I mean, there'll be a hot name that comes up, and it's a couple in college now that I can see the the scouts and Mel Kiper and these guys are like vacillating whether they should be called the hot guy. The guy from uh, Miss, I, I forgot his name. Uh, there's a couple of them though that are right on that bubbling up part. And depending on how the next couple of weeks go, they're going to push somebody up because Zach Wilson wasn't even talked about this time last year, and now he's pushed up to the number two pick. So it happens. And there'll be a guy, and then you're going to have to make the decision. Is he just a flavor of the month, or is he a guy that we can draft and build around, or do we even take a quarterback with the first-round pick or the first of the first-round picks? So there's a lot of I'll decisions what, to be made. Uh, let me give you a little anecdotal information, a little anecdotal story here. In 1984, I think it was, the Cincinnati Bengals had three first-round draft picks, three. And they took, I think it was two offensive linemen and a linebacker with those three picks. On the second round, they took their quarterback, okay? And on the second round, ended up being an MVP of the league and took him to the Super Bowl. Who was uh, that? Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason. Second round pick. They took three, three first round picks. They did not take a quarterback. They took Boomer on the second round. 1984? Yep, I think it was 84, so mm-hmm. you never know. You never know. Yeah, that, exactly. You never know. If I'd have told you not that Russell Wilson would be like an MVP candidate, and he was a third-round pick. If I'd have told you that uh, Lamar Jackson would have been the best quarterback in that year's draft, and he went, what, 28, 30, 32nd, whatever? 31st, yeah. 32nd. Well, you never know. If I told you Patrick Mahomes would have been a Super Bowl uh, MVP of the league, and he went, what, 12th? I mean, so 
Everybody thinks it just because you you don't have to get them at the number one pick, but you got to find them. Right. So. Right. All right, so I'm not even doing predictions this week. I'm just, you know, I just want to see them come well, out. We don't have to effort. do a prediction. Just, to, just take the Rams. That's all. That's going to happen. When is this the is first it. victory? Now, I was wrong last week. For all you people out there, wait for me to admit. I thought last week would have been the first victory. I was wrong. I know what game I'm going to say the next victory, but I'm not going to say it since I jinxed them last time. I know what game I'm going to pick them to win next. But we, uh, I, I assume we both agree it won't be this week. Won't be this week, but it will be next week against the Eagles. See, I wasn't gonna say it. I was, I was just not gonna oh, say you it. I was okay, well, not don't gonna say, say anything. it. Don't say anything. I'm not saying anything until that time. But um, the Eagles is one of the games that they could win. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. A winnable game. Is that a, that's at home, right? Yep. Okay. So and then they're on a bye. But then again, you know, I I think that maybe the first victory may come on. I, I'm just, I, I, Mike. I just can't pinpoint why there is no. Home field advantage. I tell you one thing they need to do, and I'm. I told Rod Wood this, and I think I told him. I told one of the Lions up is that they need to take that um, outskirt around the field. That field had a lot of character when it was the brick wall behind it. When you looked at it on TV, it was unique. Yeah. And now it looks like a, 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 a um, WFL game, you know, with the banner around it. It just took away the the charm of the field. The charm of the field was the brick wall around it. Yeah, Kenny. You are one deep thinker. <laughs> well, we'll talk about new uniforms in one of the upcoming episodes, too, since I'm such a deep thinker. We'll oh, yeah. On, we'll get on that next. I could not I could not care less about the uniforms. But it matters. I know you old school I, football, I know. but it matters. I know. Right? It matters. I know. It, when did, it does. When did Seattle get good? When they changed those uniforms? Oh, please. It happened. I'm just telling you it happened. When they change those Can uniforms? I hang up? Can I hang okay. up first? <laughs> See you next week, Mike. Listen to Mike and right, watch Kenny Mike Brown. on DetroitLions.com for his commentary. WGI Mitch Album Show. We have Hawkinson every Monday, 5.30. So join in on WGR.com or WJR Radio, 7.60 a.m. Till next week. Thanks, Mike. See you.